So, I got a question for you. What's or it? should I say, the you, or the listeners have a question for you. For me, that specifically? Is, well, for the both of us. Okay. But I'm, I'm posing it to you. And that is, are video games art, Joel? I don't want to answer that question, Dave. I don't care. I am. That is essentially my answer as well. <laughs> I was like, I'm so tired of this argument. Nobody cares. I just don't understand why people get invested in it. Yes, there is art involved in video games, but uh, I mean, I don't. I mean, I just don't know. I mean, I guess movies are art, and so video games can be too. But that doesn't mean that all video games or all movies are art. I mean, although based on last week's question, I think that we can definitively say that uh, you know, Commando and Die Hard capture a very important part of our cultural consciousness and thus are the well, highest yeah. forms of art <laughs> the human condition exactly. some might say <laughs> the human condition the need to work out chop down logs <laughs> kill Bennett. yeah pick up trees <laughs> <laughs> it's just like i guess i mean i guess this came back up because of the roger ebert thing and it's like dude who even cares why does it matter i mean i guess why does that the affect real, you yeah i mean i don't know why people get so heated about it and i think that a lot of the games that get produced probably aren't art because they're not really trying to express an idea in the same way that most forms of art are. They're trying to more purely entertain you. So, like, you know, then you, that's when you get that ham-fisted stuff, like, in Gears of War 2, where they try to, yeah. you know, express some feeling, and it's just totally ridiculous. Because it's Trying out of... it up a little. Yeah, it's, uh, it's out of theme not only with, you know, its broader context, but just maybe even with the medium. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Has video games ever made you sad? Uh, yes. Give me an Many example. Many times. Recently, in fact. Uh, not sad because it's... you were playing a terrible game. No. Prototype, <laughs> I'm looking at you. That that is that also happens and some would say more frequently. But I was playing Yakuza 3 and a character died, and I was like, that's sad. <laughs> that makes me feel sad. Well, hey, there you go. You know, maybe they're becoming more evocative. Uh, Yakuza 3 has, like, that uh, manly melodrama thing. or Not Yakuza 3, but Yakuza, the Yakuza series has the melodrama thing down pat. <laughs> they're, like, masters of it. Like, I've been playing through this game, and I'm, I'm like, I'm having fun. Because it's a Yakuza game, and I like them. But this this doesn't really have the, the gameplay, or the, the like. just really great, refined gameplay of 2, or the really strong, sort of uh, gangster movie scenario of 1. So it's fun, but it's like, I've played better games in this series, so, you know, whatever. And you get to the end, and, like, a, a bunch of stuff happens all at once. And when you're... Entering the last dungeon, which I actually have on pause now. And they, like, start playing this, like, you know, crappy, sort of rockish techno song. And your character is enraged because of all the grief he's been had thrust upon him over the course of the game. And you could, like, like I don't know. I really get into that stuff. You know, it is, it's just very evocative of, you know, those, those sorts of kung fu movies where we watched up growing up. Yeah. Where, like... Somebody's best friend or master or somebody dies. No, the master gets and killed, he's... and then your best friend dies while you're both trying to avenge your master so that you can ultimately overcome the villain. 
and then you got to beat up a whole building's worth of people <laughs> exactly. to get to your goal. The so only you, way to quench your sorrow. You just enter this whole this melee in a hospital. It's like because uh, the plot of the game is that the, the previous leader of your Yakuza clan has been shot. This happens at the very beginning. And nobody knows where he is to protect him from the power struggle that ensues. And if somebody kills him because he's not dead, uh, then the everything gets shaken up and who knows who's going to be the new chairman and blah, blah, blah. So they finally discover where he is at the end of the game. So you have to rush into this hospital and save him. And it turns out this guy that like you kind of knew was going to be the main bad guy anyway, even though he wasn't really in the game at all, but he was just like so shady you could not but assume he would be. He's waiting at the top, and you have to beat up his entire family of Yakuza to get him. I wish it was just his entire family. Like his grandma comes out, you just straight jar. Yeah. Oh, what's up, Sonny? Oh, no. Would you Oba-chan. like some miso soup? Obachan. <laughs> Combo. There's this, there's, there's this great part where I just got to where the, the CIA features heavily in this game. What? Um, <laughs> so now what's the Yakuza even better. are like some kind of oh, weird man. Japanese guerrilla force fighting off American uh, imperialism. I love it. Give me more. But there's a rogue unit of the CIA. Okay. Uh, so uh, you have to beat them up, and you finally get to the hotel room or the hospital room, which is where I am now. And of course, the guy's gone, and the the CIA antagonist is waiting for you there. And he starts; he gives you this whole speech in English. He's like, "Oh, looks like you're a little late, and uh, you know, if you want to get uh, the, your buddy back, you're gonna have to go through me. He's up on the roof, but uh, let's see what you got." <laughs> and your character, because he doesn't speak English, your character is just like. What? <laughs> and that <laughs> and that cracked me up. <laughs> That's good that they kept it consistent. So they're drinking yeah. a little bit of the Ninja Gaiden Kool Aid with the involvement of uh, the CIA. Yeah, I was trying to figure out where this guy's accent is because the CIA guy actually really doesn't have much of an accent, but he says "roof" instead of "roof." Rough. I mean, I know some people that's, in uh, America. That's mid Atlantic, that. dude. No, that's that's yeah. solidly. That's like uh, when I lived out in Waynesboro, everybody said Ruff, and then they said Washington. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm dead serious. <laughs> That's what on. it sounded like. Everybody said Ruff, and for some reason, whenever they said Wash, they added an R. So everything was Warsh. That's, in- I mean, that that's absurd. But I guess it's no more absurd than, say, the Boston accent. <laughs> Or they just the stop pronouncing the- continents after the first one. Yeah. <laughs> On the topic of these like crazy emotional moments in games, I got and played through Spinal Cell Conviction, which on the whole I would say was a positive experience, except for the enemy dialogue, which is like really weird because somebody as did Penny you, Arcade. Did you noted, read the Penny Arcade about that? They kind yeah, of put the They talk all the time. That's totally accurate. Yeah. But what really weirded me out is they go out of their way to insert the location like every other time the enemy talks. They're like, you're going to die in this museum, Fisher. It's like, did you really think you could come into our airfield and fuck with us? (laughs) It's like, (laughs) we're going to murder you in the White House. (laughs) Well, you know, they're experimenting, trying to figure out how to weigh, you know, incorporating new technology. I mean, because that's sort of that, like, Night of the uh, 
cephalopods or whatever. Do you remember that game? I, oh, uh, you mean uh, what was it called? The the Maniac Mansion sequel? No, it was lit- the. I think you Google it. It's a little downloadable game that a guy wrote. It's oh, just oh, an independent thing. yeah, right. And its main claim to okay, fame I- was the you know how the the guy reacted to the scenario and the music would change based on your equipment right. or whether you were hurt. So I mean, like I think that they're trying to incorporate that in other ways to varied success considering the amount of you know times you'd have to record somebody saying the white house in order for it to fit into like three different conversations well i mean these are all separate lines i was i was hamming it up a little but like it seems like there's only two guys they recorded for the enemies too which i find absurd because as giant bomb so succinctly noted the credit sequence is so long at the end of the game, but you know how when you set your controller down for a while and the screen dims, that happens twice during the credits. <laughs> Just runs out I mean, of I think it was, you come I think back. It was, oh no! I it think paused. it was nearly twenty minutes. Yeah, I don't. But even... anyway, so so there was like a really big emotional moment in the middle of the game or so, where big secrets are revealed. To Sam Fisher, Fisher, and he freaks out. And, uh, you know, the story in the, all Splinter Cells is kind of bad. And uh, the story in this one is kind of bad. <laughs> but, you know, he, he flips out and he starts, like, turning over desks and knocking computers off desks and just gets really mad, <laughs> which just, I thought he was He goes on a computer rampage. Of, yeah, I mean, like, he, he hulks out. <laughs> he's flipping files over, uh, which I thought was actually kind of, uh, I don't know, compelling or something i was like whoa you know that's something you don't exactly see in video games all the time and it's kind of interesting um but what follows what i thought was the most interesting part first they have this like really weird song where these people are like like it's really kind of creepy so i don't know what that was about but oh and while this is going you know you know how in the game like the the whole big thing was that they were going to, instead of putting your objectives in a menu, they were just going to sort of print them on walls and on the environment to sort of reflect his mental state. Okay. So instead of, like, pushing pause to see... Uh, you just see your murderer's daughter's face in every picture? Yeah. And that's like, well, yeah, well, revenge! Like when, <laughs> when plot... Events are unfolding. You'll see grainy video fo- footage displayed on the wall, and so when he realizes he's being betrayed in this way, uh, you know the the camera's whipping around him really fast in a circle, and on the walls you see all these things like anger, grief imprinted on them, which I thought was kind of neat. But he he kind of regains his cool, and you have to escape the building, but he's still this seething cauldron of rage. So. <laughs> The system in this game is because I guess he feasts on the blood of his enemies. <laughs> is that when you when you take a guy out in melee, you are given a token, with which you can redeem to get one of those giant teddy bears from the carnival. Except it's actually murder, instantaneous murder. So you hit a guy in melee, and then you're given the ability to mark a, a multiple amount of guys, and then hit one button and take them all out at once. And uh, <laughs> When you flip out in this way, it's like they took the limiter off Sam Fisher. <laughs> like, they, 
like they put the extra generator battery pack on the back of the giant robot so he doesn't have to be plugged in anymore. Yeah. So you were just you're basically just strolling out of this building and everybody you encounter is immediately marked and ready for that one button kill and you just feel basically invincible. And it's something I don't know. I thought it was really cool because it strikes me as one of those very rare combinations of story and gameplay where I could really see my character's emotions, I guess, reflected in the gameplay. Yeah. And and it was it was it's really I what what made it good for me was that it, it crystallizes this like show and don't tell thing, which games never do. <laughs> where, where it's like, oh, I understand what's going on now. He is crazy pissed off <laughs> and he is just killing everybody he can see. Um I love it. I love Whereas that you... in other games, it would be like, Sam, you're going out of control. You don't know what you're doing. He's like, I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm holding the right trigger for one to three seconds to mark a target, and then I'm pushing Y to execute that maneuver. <laughs> yeah, it does set the negative precedent, though, that uh, your anger somehow empowers you. Because no matter how angry you get, it probably won't work out like for, it does for Sam Fisher. Well, I mean, it is a piece of entertainment. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking that in like, uh, what was I? Maybe it was Splinter Cell. Oh, right. Because at the end, you, there, you, there, you have a couple encounters with people uh, hosing down hallways with Gatling guns, and you're like bouncing back and forth between cover, and the screen reeks that peach of, peak of red that signals you're about to be dead before you reach the next cover. And I was just like, he would probably get one of those things in his leg and just and just like crawl into a corner and die somewhere. From Even if shock. he did like Gatling guns like one of the bullets never hits you. I think that's sort of the point. So <laughs> just like shred off one of his legs. Yeah. <laughs> shorn off at the knee. And then they would have a point when they're like, You're not so tough now, Fisher. Are You're not you? so tough without your leg. You wouldn't be either. I think I would be. I also just really like Michael Ironsides. I mean, I don't think there's anything in the Splinter Cell series that really showcases phenomenal voice acting talent. I think it's really just like, I really like Total Recall and he was in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, see you at the party, Richter. It's just like when we obsessed over Senator Mayer in uh, yeah, no, I twenty four because he was in RoboCop. It's like <laughs> if he wasn't in RoboCop, would we really care that much about <laughs> Senator Mayer. No, that seventy show doesn't wasn't nearly yeah. as uh, much it's of a not cultural really touchstone. <laughs> oh man! So what are what are we gonna do? You want to talk about twenty four? You want to give Witchblade its due? Let's do Witchblade, considering I haven't right. watched this week's twenty four yet. Or should I say, a witchy blade do? A witchy blade do? A witchy, a witchy. Yeah, we've got to talk about Witchblade so I can expel it from my mind forever. Okay, the first thing I wrote when I watched this show was, holy shit, look at her tits. <laughs> yes. They might as well get a separate credit. Yeah. It is. This, these are the largest breasts I've ever seen in a show that was not a specifically a pornographic show. <laughs> Not it like is sort this, of absurd. This one's pushing the envelope, so I can't believe that the most of the power of the Witchblade isn't just you know exhausted supporting her lower back. 
you know that's that just how be... you know how strong it is yeah exactly I mean, how could it be exhausted when it possesses endless power and gives endless pleasure? Oh, when, I don't really see. Said that, I think I found out where its power ends, Dave. It actually ends in a lot of different places. On your butt, in the middle of your torso, and on your legs. Nice. <laughs> I love it nice. the only time she's, like, during the Witchblade sequence that she's pretty much, you know covered in a way befitting a woman who's fighting a giant battle tank is when she's transforming back into her regular self. <laughs> it's like, hold on, can we rewind to the part where I'm covered entirely in metal? Because that would be she awesome. Needs a, yeah, that's a question. It's like, where does all that material go? I'm if guessing... there's enough out there. I mean, I guess she, you know, she can't randomly extend like an eight-foot sword out. But yeah, the, the outfit is absurd. I mean, it's like you might. It, it's like Keiko Common absurd. She might as well only be wearing the mask. I'm trying to think of what the original Witchblade looked like. It was similar. That Just, was an old Image comic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, if I Google Image search it, it basically looks like. Oh no! It's actually basically exactly the same as the anime. So we can't really fault them there. <laughs> well, we can just we can have beef with Image as well as you know. Was this a Gantz one? I thought I remember seeing that. Huh? Gons? What? No. We recently watched oh, the, the Gons peop- show. Oh, the people who made it? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, oh, Gonzo, yeah. Oh, Gonzo, not Gons. Gons is that, yeah. My bad. Oh, man. The DVD cover is like her transformed into the Witchblade person, but she's licking her hideously clawed hand. <laughs> I don't know why that's supposed to be sexy. <laughs> Oh, the things that she could do to me with... Oh, wait, I don't want her to do anything with that. (laughs) Rend me. Cut my penis off. Which, uh, there's a lot of metaphorical penises being cut off in this show. That's all there are. (laughs) (laughs) I I wasn't really ready to take you at your word, but like... Can you you deny it? Can you deny it? (laughs) The first bad guy in the show is a piston monster. (laughs) Who prays? I guess. Wait, does he kill women, or is it only the other guy? He kills everybody. Okay, so he's a, he's equal opportunity serial killer. But while he's uh, while he's attacking people, he does scream, "Here I come!" Bang, bang, bang! While well, it's his also piston like hammers all over the place. The entire sort of uh, the. I don't even know how to describe it. Whatever these things are, I guess they're called XCons. I don't care. Uh, but the Witchblade and the X-Cons are these weird cybernetic or magical enhancements that somehow give you a thirst for battle, a.k.a. turn you on like nobody's business when you're about to fight. Oh, hell yes. Except that it's always uncomfortable. Like, I'm never <laughs> watching the show, and I'm just like, even in the best fight scene, I'm always like, I can't, I can't feel good about this. I just can't. <laughs> well, It's too weird. Especially when those like fat, pathetic ex-cons that microwave yeah. people to death are like, the I'm going to warm guys. you up. I'm so sad and fat. I'm going to warm... <laughs> this is totally a projection. This entire <laughs> then... show is the weird psychological embodiment of all of my uh, creator or writer's uh, psychoses. It's pretty great how they're like... I, I forget the exact context, but the woman who is the Witchblade... 
is like, all right, send me out after these guys. And they're like, well, it's very hard to identify these monsters. I'm like, are you sure? Because to me, it looks like they're all the identical fat guy with curly hair in Japan. And they're also saying, they only say two things. I'm going to warm you up. Ching, ching. I'm going to warm you up. (laughs) They couldn't walk behind me on the street without getting murdered. Like, I don't care what they are. It's like, after five minutes, I'm beating them up. Yeah, you didn't even know. You just thought they were yeah. repeating yourself. It's like, oh You're my gosh, crazy. are you some kind of new ex-con? It's like, no, I was just really annoyed. Shut up. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, I'm tired of you. They also seem to travel in packs. Well, only they only travel in packs like after the first one shows up. I don't really get that. It's like, oh, now there are three of us. I also love no, how I, the, the fat guy, you know, as if it wasn't, like, neurotic enough, everything he was saying, when he finally captures the Witchblade, you know, in his chamber of microwave death, she just says, I don't feel anything. It's like, oh! Oh, man! All my inadequacies printed out on the page. Metaphor! Metaphor! Yeah. A metaphor. Analogy, maybe. Or a hammer. They might as well have written, like, carved sex into the front of a hammer and hit you in the forehead with it. <laughs> that's actually that's the pack in bonus with the special edition yeah. DVD. <laughs> we read the first three pages of something Freud wrote once and totally ran with it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I assume the phallic imagery is a trend that continues well into the show. I'm well, I mean, not really. Least, uh... I was actually shocked when the fat guy showed up because I thought it was going to be all phallic imagery. Because, you know, you start out with, like, the piston guy. Then you get the uh, the guy, the the X-Con that's just an enormous cannon. Or I guess it has other stuff going on. It's more like a tank, but whatever. It works. Yeah. And then they go, the they go even deeper. <laughs> like, when it gets to the microwave guy, I'm like, wow. Yeah, I just want to see what he, the next monster's <laughs> like. This is weird. Because the girl is running away from him. Uh and he like grabs her with a Venus flytrap tongue or something and pulls her in. And he's like, "I'm gonna warm you up inside of me." Yeah, and I was like, "Okay." Well, it's just totally bizarre. Like, I just wonder, like, how many other strange things they could bring up that are still like evocative of the same. Yeah, that's yeah, the second time. That's that, the third that... time evocative has been used in this podcast. I think I'm gonna ban yeah. it. It's over. <laughs> I'm so done with right, evocative. It's done. Expressive. <laughs> Expressive is the new evocative. Listen, it's just different, okay? <laughs> Don't worry about it. But yeah, it's just like, how many other places can you go with this? Yeah, it seems like you really, like, if you're going to start with Piston Monster, you're really making it hard for yourself in the long term. <laughs> you got to ramp up to that. Well, I don't even know. Like, I think that they just get the the wangs out of the way so they can focus on other, you know, deeper scars in the male psyche. (laughs) (laughs) Like being fat. Yeah, your your penis isn't powerful enough. And not only that, you can't effectively love a woman, period. Yeah. (laughs) That's what the fat monster said to me. It's like, Sheen, I'm going to warm you up. It's like, no. Yeah. You are even emotionally inadequate. I feel nothing but cold towards you. Oh. It's gonna go. Ooh, that's so harsh. Contr- console myself brilliant. with some of those new Kentucky Fried Chicken chicken sandwiches. Oh man, bacon. double stackers. What are they called? <laughs> I don't even double know. down. 
Yeah, double the down on your health insurance. Infarction. That should be a freaking thing you answer on a questionnaire. It's like, do you smoke? Do you like KFC double have, downs? Have you looked at a double down? Have you been in the same room as one? <laughs> Did you think that looked like a good idea when you saw the commercial? If so, shoot yourself in the heart. Man. We totally gorged ourselves on pizza yesterday because it was Graziella's birthday. And just like, I am not set up to eat as much as perhaps I once was. That's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a bad thing, certainly. But like, I was, in, I was so miserable for the rest <laughs> of the night. I was like, I was so bloated. But it was uh, so good. It I was worth it. Uh, th- this uh, is the first time I've had pepperoni uh, on pizza. And I realized this. The pepperoni was so good. I was like, you know what? Every pizza before this, I've kind of just tolerated the pepperoni. <laughs> I was it was like, a revelation. It was always just sort of okay. And not this pepperoni worth. is simply divine. Yeah, I was just like, the I, every pepperoni on pizza's past was not, it, it just wasn't worth the negative health effects of consuming it. But this one, I was just like, oh, it's so good. Like, they, I don't know how they did it. I don't, I don't know how it's prepared. But they got it, like, super crispy while it was on the pizza. And, you know, they bring the pizza to you That just means that hot. they, yeah, they sliced it really thin. That's all that is. But it was, it was actually kind of thick. Like, it, it was a little meaty. Interesting. Um, and it, it had curved upwards into the, sort of the shape of a bowl. A chalice of grease. The, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. And around the rim, it had just it was like pure crust. And uh, when you would eat it warm, it would just be like so warm. And it was kind of like um, it had so much <laughs> texture because it wasn't thin because it was kind of like you could really chew into it. That sounds like some awesome pizza. It was pretty amazing. The place is Grimaldi's. Uh, if people live in New York, it's like right by the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, it, it's pretty pretty good. <laughs> oh, man. How many episodes of Witchblade did you make it through? Did you do the requisite four? Or? Uh, four and a half, maybe. I watched it like on a Saturday at work. So okay. I, I kind of just watched it until I went home. I only got until the point where, like, the Weird Child Services Foundation guy's daughter was, like, showing up and fighting the ex-cons. Yeah, yeah, that's how far I got to. When they revealed that they uh, they have made cloned Witchblades who don't share the full power of the Witchblade, maybe? But somehow I think they're going to get into a fight at some point, and the clones are going to hold their own. Yeah, I've got a feeling the mom's going to get beat up pretty bad. Yeah, which is, but I guess that's because she doesn't understand how to use the Witchblade power. Yeah, right. Now. You know what's going to happen? Daughter's going to get kidnapped to access. She's going to get really angry and access the true yeah. power of the Witchblade, which I'm guessing will look even less like pants. <laughs> uh, that's something we haven't even mentioned. The main character is a mom, so she has a daughter. And that's kind of just what happens in this show when she's not being the Witchblade. <laughs> she's hanging out with her daughter, which is like, gee, lady, I know the child services institution is shady, but maybe there's a reason they're taking you away from your kid. Because yeah. she just wanders around Tokyo by herself, 
She's like taking six care years of old. you. Like, did you hear the whole speech about when she's talking to the uh, the child service people? It's like my mom won't be able to survive without me. She can't. Cook. Yeah, she she can't cook. It's like, oh my gosh, this is the most abusive relationship ever. Yeah, and when when she's looking for her mom, she's like, I'll just go to the the Tokyo Tower and wait for her there. <laughs> and uh, she runs into the boat captain again, and he's like, How you doing, little Missy? And she's. <sighs> Yeah, I'm doing pretty great because uh, my mom is in jail now, and I escaped child services, and now I am uh, alone. Well, I mean, to be fair, she was already the most adult person in that relationship, so maybe she's yeah, just used true. to feeling that way. She's well, the most capable 10-year-old ever. They go out of their way to hammer it home, too, because the first scene of this movie, or the show, is the, the they're on a tugboat going to Tokyo because there was an earthquake, and I guess a lot of Japan got submerged. I think it just um, that part of Tokyo got submerged. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Um, and the mom almost falls overboard, or does fall overboard, one or the other. Reaching for some uh, like rubber duckies yeah. in the water? There, there was a bunch of rubber ducks floating in the water, and one was a little further away than the rest of them. And she thought it pertinent that she get all those ducks in a row, so to speak. Uh, and... <laughs> Everybody was like, what are you, like, you know, I mean, I think it's great that mentally retarded people can yeah, maybe have this fulfilling is, relationships and Maybe this is children. like the Witchblade I Am Sam mashup. <laughs> but how did the daughter survive long enough while the mom was retarded before, like, I mean, I will say that maybe she could have learned to start cooking by age three if she really needed to. <laughs> And she really needed to. <laughs> the mom was probably f- feeding her dirt until then. <laughs> well, they do say that, like, they found them together at the site of this massive disaster. And the only way that they knew that one was the mother was because they, you know, did genetic testing. But if, like, she's a total amnesiac, she doesn't even know how to cook, you found her on an island in the middle of an explosion, like, how do you just let them wander around Tokyo? Yeah, I and the Child Services Foundation is evil. It was set up after the earthquake, and for some reason they're bad news. Well, we don't even really know if they are bad news for most kids. They're just kind of maybe some nebulous bad news for the Witchblade. Yeah. I'm never going to find out, because I, I don't care. I believe uh, the society is called the NWSF, which is very cl- close yes, to NSFW. Yes, not safe for work. I, I was like, that, that butt is NSFW. It's like a little coded message for you shouldn't be watching this garbage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Witchblade. Interesting yeah, only to see I mean, how the different... I mean, I, I would just... I mean, it's like... If I could just find some site that picked out the different of. Uh, X-Cons and just explain them... That would be yeah. my interest in X-Blade <laughs> ended, just to see the, like, the different ways they, they pick at, uh, I don't know, like male inadequacy. But otherwise, I think we need not a, interested. We, we need a psychology major to write their graduate thesis on this show. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm, I'm going for my PhD, and uh, here's my dissertation on Witchblade. And they're like, what the hell is Witchblade? It's just like, watch these cartoon. first four episodes. <laughs> You wrote your show about a cartoon. He's like, I can see where you're coming from, but hear me out. (laughs) 
And then he's just going to tie it into, like, Japanese cultural guilt after World War II. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Blow their minds. Totally. Yeah. This show is very, very bad. (laughs) But, uh, I don't know. I, I, I am almost loath to say that we have seen worse. No, we've definitely seen worse. This is not as bad as Elfin Lead. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. If you want to go to that level. I, I mean, was, I was staging He is my master. We've like, seen things a million times worse. This one is. I think that Witchblade yeah, has so high there's production no sexual value. sexual exploitation of a child. Yeah. <laughs> Witchblade has pretty high production value. I mean, I can see, like, given general taste in anime, I could understand this being a popular show. There was one moment, I like the, the sole moment of the show where I kind of perked up and stopped doing uh, Japanese vocab lessons in the other window. <laughs> and this was a subtitled show, and I still couldn't, like, I was like, I'll just glance over every time they say a line. I'm a fast reader. Uh, it's when the tank shoots her and knocks her all the way back, and then she's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. I was like, man, they should just take that scene and put it in a show that's good and not with these characters. <laughs> And they probably already have, because that's not really a rare scene. (laughs) Yeah. I was kind of rooting for her to die at that point. I was like, maybe the tank's going to kill her. I knew it wouldn't, but I was like... Somewhere deep inside, you just had to hope. Yeah. Maybe this is only a three-episode show. I don't know. We were watching this on Hulu, and that's the other thing about it. It's available on Hulu. God only knows why. Oh, that's why, because it's a Funimation show. I gotta yeah, say, Funimation, well, Funimation teaming up with these... Hulu is like the greatest thing ever. It's very convenient. Certainly. I'm loving it. <laughs> it saved us a lot of work. Yeah, totally. <laughs> what, what the hell is this? What is the House of Five Leaves? I've heard. I know I've heard that name before. I already started Wait, watching what? that. It seems okay. I watched the first episode. Why does it say Samurai X when I highlight it? Oh, that's weird. Oh, because Samurai X is right above, it and I just probably just highlighted that. Wait, it's only one episode. No, it's not. That's only the first episode. Man, there's a lot of stuff here. Yeah, dude. What is Kikaishi? Kikaishi. Kikaishi. Man. (laughs) I had nothing to do at work the other day. So I sat there on my iTunes and downloaded like a whole bunch of album artwork and applied it to my all the anime songs (laughs) I had. And I find it very... uh, (laughs) I don't, it's very comforting now when I, what the f- RoboCop Alpha Commando? What is that? I, I feel know. like that's something I should know. That's About. probably from the '90s, like the early '90s. I, maybe there was a RoboCop cartoon show. Oh, the Giver. Oh, that's a crappy Giver. We should watch the Giver, the live action or the OVA from. Like I've the already 80s. seen the sequel. Oh yeah, that is just it is RoboCop. I think I remember seeing a couple episodes of this show, actually. I don't know. I don't remember. (laughs) Man, there's so much stuff on here. Birdie the Mighty Decode. We've already seen Birdie the Uh, Mighty. uh, But we saw the old one. This is a new one. Whoa, that is a weird splash picture. They remade... They made a sequel... Whatever. We're getting way off track. Yes, we can discuss all the junk that's (laughs) on Hulu. So many shows! But not the... The problem is... 
they don't have stuff of our generation or our podcast generation, which is to say, it's all like recent stuff that's just really dry and doesn't get the jokes that the '80s stuff does. No, I, I felt like uh, Cody Ragtime Show kind of got the the jive. Uh, most of this stuff, like I don't even recognize. <laughs> that's how new it is. Long after I stopped paying attention to these things, line barrels of iron, iron. Dance in the Vampire Bund? <laughs> These are the worst <laughs> titles ever! <laughs> oh, do we want to end bund. this? I think it's time to end yeah, this podcast. Yeah, we probably should. What was a Bundesrag? That's something. Oh, Bundestag, yes, the German parliament. <laughs> Is that what they're talking about? The General Jewish think... Labor Bund, a political party, party initially founded in the Russian Empire? <laughs> That's totally what they're talking about. That's totally it. Okay, let's see. Wait a minute. The dictionary definitions. Bund is also an English word deriving... From the Urdu word band, which means an embankment, levee, or dam. Or it means, oh my god, bund means rear end or butt in Urdu slash Punjabi. Okay. <laughs> you know what that means. This is a metaphor for anal sex. <laughs> With a vampire. No, no, the vampire just means it's going to bleed. That's what that's what it means. If you don't use enough lube, you say you danced in the vampire bun. Uh. Urban Dictionary. We're going for it right now. Can you submit that one? You could just be the first to put your name on it. I am going to right now. Let me make sure nobody figured it out already. All right, it's clear. Isn't defined yet. Click. <laughs> Dance in the vampire bund. All right, definition. To perform anal sex without sufficient lubrication. You have to mention the bleeding, otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Thus, what, I don't know, thus causing bleeding, bleeding is likely to ensue? Oh, man, I'm not good at writing definitions. Just causing Plus. bleeding. Why would you just... All right. Example. John, we were out of KY, so <laughs> I totally danced in her vampire bund. <laughs> Sally, you are a terrible person. <laughs> John, I know. I should kill myself. And get... done. <laughs> Well, let's clap. All right. <laughs> One, two, three. I can't believe they have the definition.